Welcome to the Dr. Berg's Healthy Keto and Intermittent Fasting Podcast, where Dr. Berg takes you on the journey for the truth about getting healthy and losing healthy weight. Now, this is a really, really important topic. If you have GERD, acid reflux, heartburn, or bloating, gas, any digestive symptoms, this video is very, very important. Now, one of the first things that people normally do when they have acid reflux is they go to the doctor and they get evaluated. And then they're put on a medication, usually a PPI or some type of an acid which suppresses the acid. Now, at first, it might seem logical. You have this acid in your stomach. We got to get rid of it, right? But the question is, what causes acid reflux? Well, if you look it up, it'll say that acid reflux comes from the valve on the top of the stomach not closing properly. All right, well, that's cool. But what causes that valve not to be able to close? Well, they don't really know, right? And then my question is, okay, you're going to put, give me a medication. How long am I going to be on this? Is it going to correct my problem? What happens when I start the medication and come off? Are there rebound effects? Is it safe? Well, for certain PPIs, uh, long-term effects are really bad. Osteoporosis, increased risk of cancer, increased risk of gallstones, increased risk of SIBO, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth increased risk of anemia, increased risk of allergies, and the list goes on and on. So you always want to ask, how long am I going to be on these meds for? Is it going to be indefinitely? And what are the long-term problems? And what is the underlying cause of the problem? These are things that um, a lot of people don't really ask and they don't find out about. I recently talked to a lady who was on, I mean, she's fairly young. I think she's in her early 30s and she's on eight medications, right? And she doesn't feel well. I mean, how the heck are you going to know what is causing what, what is uh, creating different effects? I mean, I'm not against poison, I'm sorry, medication, but when you're on that many medications, it's bound to create all sorts of issues, making you not feel good. But when we're talking about PPIs, anything that suppresses the acid, um, you really want to think twice before getting that medication. But of course, I need to give you a disclaimer, check with your doctor before taking any of my advice. So why don't doctors recommend apple cider vinegar? Well, mainly there's not a lot of studies in relationship to acid reflux or GERD using apple cider vinegar. That's the big reason. Um, who's going to invest that much money to do a study because there's not a lot of profit in selling apple cider vinegar? It's very, very inexpensive on drugs, yes, but apple cider vinegar, no. Now, as far as myself, being in practice for uh, 30 years, I've run into thousands of patients who had acid reflux who tried apple cider vinegar and got great results. Of course, that's not a study, but it's uh, uh, my own personal observation that it really, really works. So we're talking about um, this acid in apple cider vinegar. Okay, it's called acetic acid. In fact, these little uh, bacteria, acetic acid bacteria, live on grapes. They live on different foods, especially when that grape becomes ripened, okay? And then when they make wine, they're going to turn that grape sugar into alcohol. But during that fermentation process, they're going to remove oxygen. Because one thing about the uh, acetic acid bacteria is they can't live with 
oxygen and that's how you kill them. But if you allow this fermentation process with the conversion from uh, grapes into alcohol to get oxygen, it eventually just turns right into vinegar. Now, there's some really, really important things to know about the stomach. So if you've checked out, check back in right now because this is very important. Number one, the normal pH of someone's stomach should be between one and three. That is extremely acid. Okay, that's normal. So when someone says that you have too much acid in your stomach, uh, what actually are they talking about? I mean, normal acid is about as acid as you can go, like one to three. So what does this mean? Someone has too much acid with acid reflux or GERD. So acid reflux, heartburn, and GERD uh, are really not a situation where you have too much acid. You just have acid in the wrong place. You have it in the esophagus. The acid should be in the stomach. Okay, so the real problem is that valve, right? Well, that's a kind of a secondary problem. A deeper problem is the pH in your stomach is not one to three. It's higher. It's more alkaline. It's not as acid as it should be. And there's a sensing mechanism between the level of pH in the stomach and your valve on the top of the stomach. They're both in communication. And so just think about it. It's it's logical that if you eat like meat or something, you need all that acid, right? And you don't need the acid refluxing. So that valve closes tightly if the acid reaches a certain pH. You need it very, very acid in the stomach and the valve will close. So the real underlying cause behind GERD, acid reflux, and usually bloating, okay, and heartburn, is that your strength of the acid, the pH of the acid is not between one and three. It might be higher, four, five, six, even seven. The stuff in your stomach is not just acid. You have other things. You have um, an enzyme. Okay, It's usually an inactive enzyme, and then it converts to an active enzyme. Pepsin is the active enzyme that gets activated with acid. That's a very powerful protein enzyme. Okay, That's one of the purposes of your stomach is to digest protein. You don't want that enzyme up in your esophagus. Why? Because your esophagus is also a protein. Okay, so it'll start dissolving your esophagus. We don't want that. Now, what makes that enzyme active is the pH being acid, okay, very acid. If that solution is too alkaline, the enzyme will not become active. It stays inactive. So another question is, what type of acid stimulates the active form of this uh, enzyme peptase? Well, does it have to be hydrochloric, like in your stomach? Well, actually, no, it can be another acid. It can be apple cider vinegar, acetic acid, because that acid has a very low pH, okay? Now, this also relates to some other data about the stomach. Having your stomach acid be between one and three also will help release bile, okay? Now, if you can't release bile from the liver and the gallbladder, what happens is that you tend to get gallstones. This is why one of the big side effects from antacids and PPIs is gallstones. Now, we have pepsin, which is activated by acid, but there's other enzymes too from your pancreas, enzymes that help you digest carbohydrates to digest fats. So when you don't have enough acid in your stomach, you're going to get less enzymes released from the pancreas and less digestion. Also, you need this strong acid in your stomach 
to be able to absorb not just minerals, but also trace minerals and vitamins as well. So you become very nutrient deficient when you don't have the strong pH in your stomach. The other purpose of this acid is to kill pathogens coming in from the body, as well as to kill bacteria. So the bacteria doesn't end up in your small intestine and create a situation called small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, where you have these microbes living in your small intestine and competing for nutrition from your, your food and leaving you with a lot of problems, especially bloating and gas and all sorts of issues. Now, the other problem with not enough stomach acid is that you might get anemia because you can't absorb iron and B12. There's this other thing um, that gets activated with this strong stomach acid. It's called the intrinsic factor, which I don't want to really get into, but just realize that if you don't have enough stomach acid, you're not going to be able to absorb B12, which can create all sorts of issues with not just anemia, but a lot of neurological problems that can be irreversible, okay, in certain cases. The other point about not having enough stomach acid is that can increase your risk of H. pylori becoming a problem. Normally, about 80% of the population has H. pylori uh, in their stomach, but it doesn't bother them unless you lose the stomach acid. And then that uh, microbe can then become pathogenic and create more issues. Okay, so we don't even necessarily need hydrochloric acid to fix a lot of these issues. You can use this very inexpensive apple cider vinegar. The type of apple cider vinegar that I'm recommending uh, is not the Bragg's, okay? Bragg's sold their company to another company, and I found out they're diluting their apple cider vinegar. If you look in the back of the label, they add water, so it's not as strong as it should be. Instead, I recommend another company, Fairchild's. Okay, it's a great company. I buy all my apple cider vinegar from that company. And I also buy the apple cider vinegar for uh, some of the animals that I'm raising on my farm. And um, they love it. I dilute it with water and um, they're very, very healthy. Okay, so this is a really simple solution. You get some organic apple cider vinegar, okay? And um, you just have to use two tablespoons and a glass of water. It could be eight ounces. It could be 12 ounces and you drink that before you eat, okay? That's the simplicity of it. That will help lower the pH. It'll start to help your digestion. You don't wanna take this apple cider vinegar um, without diluting it. Um, if you look at um, the problems with apple cider vinegar, it's usually related to um, someone not diluting with water and drinking maybe, maybe a lot of it in their um, swishing around their, their mouth and it could affect the teeth. So. All you have to do is just take a straw and then sip it so it doesn't go into the teeth and you'll be fine. Now, I also recommend other things too, if you want to take it to the next level. I would recommend going on OMAD one meal per day, okay? Why? Because now you'll give your, your system a chance to reset and heal because it's the constant eating and the frequent eating and all the snacks that really disrupts the digestive system and probably is one of the underlying causes to this GERD problem in the first place. And then the last thing I would recommend is cabbage. Cabbage as a uh, vegetable would be very, very important in any type of acid reflux situation, even ulcers. It really helps the stomach. I'm not going to get into why, but you'll find that you can digest uh, cabbage better than other greens and it will help you. Now, just realize that you'll probably have to do this 
for uh, some weeks or months to fully correct it, but you're going to feel a lot better. And of course, I would also recommend um, a certain eating plan if you have this problem that would be called the Healthy Keto Plan. And I will put a link down below so you can download this eating plan. Now, this other point I want to bring up, is there a situation where your stomach is producing too much acid? Yes, there is a condition, okay? But it's not very common. The most common condition is something called hypochlorhydria. That's low stomach acid. And one of the biggest triggers for that is just getting older. So many people, as they go into their 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s, start just creating less acid. And they start having all these issues with what I'm talking about. A more rare condition would be uh, too much acid. And that does occur, but uh, usually from three situations, okay? Number one, Zollinger-Ellison uh, syndrome. Uh, basically, that's a condition where you have this benign tumor in the stomach or small intestine, and it's causing the cells to produce too much acid, basically. Another situation would be if you have autoimmune gastritis, which is not as common. So the parietal cells that are making the acid uh, are being attacked by antibodies. And then there's a compensatory situation where your body's going to compensate and make more acid until eventually you burn out that cell. And now it's not going to make as much acid. Now you're going to end up with no acid. So you go from a, a hyper acid state to a hypo acid state. Okay. And then the third situation for this um, sour stomach or this production of too much acid would be um, H. pylori, which I've already covered. And if you have H. pylori, which is kind of a pathogenic situation, you want to take mastic gum, garlic to try to kill it off, broccoli sprouts on a daily basis, sulforaphane in broccoli sprouts is a potent way to kill off or put this H. pylori into a dormant stage. Now, one very, very important point. If you're drinking apple cider vinegar and you feel worse, the burning increases, it could mean that you have either inflammation um, in your stomach lining or an ulcer, in which case you don't want to take apple cider vinegar right now. You have to heal this ulcer or this inflammation. And for that, you want chlorophyll. I recommend a high quality raw wheatgrass juice powder for that. Okay, you take that and it does take some weeks to uh, heal that area. And then I also recommend the intermittent fasting for sure and the healthy version of the ketogenic plan as well as zinc carnosine. Very, very important. Then after weeks of doing that, when it's healed up, then you can go back to the upside of vinegar. Now, another common remedy that people use is betaine hydrochloride. That's another great remedy, but this is really just a no-brainer. Anyone who has GERD, anyone who has indigestion, bloating, acid reflux, heartburn, should definitely try the apple cider vinegar because it works so effectively.